Hello, and welcome to City Hope Church. Today we'll be hearing a message from Pastor Peter Pilt. His message this morning is titled, Follow Me. Let's pray as we open the word this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Father, to come into your presence. Father, open your word. Father, to be stirred. Father, by, uh, by your word, Father, by the uh, circumstances of people's lives. Father, we want to make a difference in this world. Father, we want to make a difference in Bean Lee. Father, we want to make a difference in Australia. Father, we want to make a difference in nations around the world. And Father, we commit it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 1 and verses 16 to 20. Uh, it'll also be on the screen uh, as well. And as Jesus was going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately, the Bible says, they left their nets and followed him. Going a little farther, he saw the sons, I saw James, the sons of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow him. This is an interesting story because Jesus is collecting his band of merry men and he just walks up to people and it seems to be almost random, but it's not. But he walks up to people and he says to, to Peter, he says, follow me, come follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. At the very outset of Jesus talking to the disciples, he was flagging that they were going to be others focused. It wasn't come and follow me and we'll get together, we'll sit around, we'll join hands, we'll sing Kumbaya and we'll talk about the world. It wasn't, hey, come and follow me and we're just going to have a great time. Uh, it's just going to be fantastic. You'll travel the world, you'll see some stuff. It's going to be really good. It was Come and follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. That at the outset of Jesus' ministry, at the very first, really, this scripture here is, is the very first mention of discipleship in the Bible. This is like the birthing of the church. This is, this is where Peter is like the first. Jesus, Jesus is there. How many is Jesus? He's one. He's on the earth. He's one. And now he's going, okay, now I'm going to start the ball rolling towards uh, my three and a half year ministry, my uh, crucifixion, my resurrection, and then the birthing of the early church or the, or the church. So I'm going to start down. He's got to start somewhere. And he starts with Peter. And he says to Peter, come and follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. The very first mention of Jesus finding a follower, it was about being a multiplier. It was about having somebody Peter, I want you to come and I'm going to turn you into somebody that exists for others. And then he said the same thing to the other disciples and he got 12 and then he, at the end of his life, he had 11 and then there was 120 in the upper room and then it became 3,000 and then 5,000 at Solomon's porch and the early church was birthed and here we are today, 2,000 years later. But it started back with, with a simple invitation from Jesus to Peter, come and follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. There should never be a notion in our life as Christians that we would be anything but fishers of men. That, that we as Christians, when we become, when we become Christians, we're others focused. 
Like Christianity, that's, it, it, you should be others focused. Not, not, even, not even you should be, you just are because that's the definition of Christianity. Jesus at, at the start, come and I'll make you become followers, uh, fishers of men. In Acts 20 verses 28 and 19, it says, and Jesus came and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. What's a disciple? A disciple is a, is a, uh, a doubling of yourself. You reproduce yourself in somebody else. Jesus reproduced himself in the 12 disciples. They became fishers of men. What did Jesus come onto the earth for? He came to fish for men. First catch, Peter. Second catch, the sons of Zebedee. He caught the 12. They ultimately caught 120. So Peter gets up on the day, Peter, this is Peter on, on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 souls get saved on the day of Pentecost. 12 days after Jesus ascended, 10 days after Jesus ascended. Peter becomes a fisherman of men. Peter then gives his life to boldly preaching the gospel. Why? Because he had become a fisher of men. What, what do Christians do? They fish for men. That's what, that's what a Christian does. The very definition of a Christian is they fish for men. They're, they're others focused. There should, never be, uh, and there should never be confusion about that. If you're a Christian, like I've got a dog. It's a butt of a dog, but it's a dog. <laughs> but I don't want a cat. So I don't want the dog to act like a cat. I bought a dog because a, a dog acts like a dog. If the dog acted like a cat, I'd give it away to somebody who liked cats. But I haven't, had to, I haven't had to train the dog to be a dog. The dog acts like a dog because it's a dog. You look at me like, hang on, is that a trick question? No, a dog acts like a dog because it's a dog. Christians should act like Christians because they're Christians. And what a, what's a Christian is we're fish for men. We're others focused. Like that's, just, that's in our DNA. That's just the whole point. So when Jesus says, come follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. To me, this is the greatest invitation to serve in the greatest occupation. And it should be the greatest decision of our life. The greatest invitation, the greatest occupation and the greatest Decision. Come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, the, the answer, the answer shouldn't be too hard. Like you would think if Jesus walked up to you and said, hey, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Okay, the right answer, I, I'm going to help you here, right? The right answer at the outset is, yes, Jesus, but there were many in the New Testament that didn't get the yes, didn't, didn't kind of get what they were doing. So the, the, first, the first one, if I can borrow you for a minute. I need some volunteers to help with my sermon. So I'm going to go through eight ways, eight ways that you can follow Jesus. And here's the hint, right? Only one of them's right. But there's eight biblical ways that you can follow Jesus. So the first one is to not follow him. Now, there's a story in the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler in Mark 19, 16 and 23. This rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, okay, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And the rich young ruler, uh, Jesus says, well, what do you think? And he says, well, uh, hang on, let me see what he says. 
He said, why are you asking me what is good? This is Jesus. There's only one who is good, but if you want to enter eternal life, keep all the commandments. The, the, the rich young ruler then says, which ones? And Jesus said, well, you shall not commit murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honour your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbour as yourself. The young man said, I have done all that. So God says, that's true. What I want you to do though is, I want you to sell all the things you have and come and follow me. And the rich young ruler went, the Bible records that he went away very sad. Now it wasn't because he was rich or because he had things that Jesus was picking on. It was the problem was that the things had him. So when, when Jesus said, hey, come and follow me, he had all the possessions and he, the Bible records he just went away sad. So his choice was, now he never actually said, well, Jesus, I'm not going to follow you. But his behaviour said, I'm not going to follow you. Right, that's the first way you can follow Jesus. Chris, if I could borrow you for a minute. The second way that you can follow Jesus, which is also wrong, is to follow around with Jesus. Now, there's a story of the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus is on his way to heal a 12-year-old who's dead. And Jesus, uh, a woman with the issue of blood, for 12 years, she's very sick, crawls through the crowd and grabs hold of the hem of his garment. Now, I've preached on this before. It, it wasn't actually the hem of his garment. Can I? Um, I need a hem. Dawn, come here. It, it wasn't as if Jesus had like a long flowing thing that, that, that you know, we, we talk about the hem of his garment like as if it's like a hem of a skirt. That, that wasn't it at all. Thank you. Uh, what it was, was Jesus as a rabbi was wearing a prayer shawl and a prayer shawl had, had long kind of plaits down. They, they call them the, the, the zitzit of the prayer shawl, the rabbinic prayer shawl. And uh, there was a, uh, oh, you're going to give me one. Good. Good. Here we go. Spontaneous theatre. And so, so Jesus had this, this rabbinic prayer shawl on. It was less rainbow coloured and more. <laughs> and, but there was, a, there was a, a, a verse in the Bible in Malachi that said that the Messiah, when he come, would have healing in his wings, meaning he would have healing in the, in the, 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 the zitzit of the prayer shawl. So what happened was, can I borrow you for a minute? What happened was, you be Jesus for a minute. Turn around, this way. Okay, you're walking that way. Good, stop, don't walk. Um, so, they say don't walk with animals and children, but anyway, keep going. Um, so, I'm calling you a child, it's okay. Anyway, so, so Jesus, hang on, you're Jesus now. So Jesus... The Bible says that, that there were many that were thronging around him. They were pushing up against him and because he was kind of famous. And so, you know, it was kind of like the Justin Bieber thing. It was kind of like, Justin or Jesus, you know, and, and they're all touching him. And, but the one with the issue of blood. So there's a lot of people thronging around Jesus and touching him and all that kind of deal and playing with his hair because he had long flowing hair. Remember, we've seen the pictures. And, and, but this woman with the issue of blood crawls up through the crowd on her hands and knees and grabs hold of hand, Jesus, and grabs hold of the hem of his garment, which was the, the zit zit of the prayer shawl, and to, makes a demand on the anointing. And Jesus stops and says, hang on, someone touch me. What Jesus was actually saying is, not that somebody touched him, but somebody in the crowd recognised that he was the Messiah because they knew the prophecy. This woman knew the prophecy that there was healing 
in the prayer shawl of the Messiah. And that's what that, so Jesus, so lots of people were, 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 were following around with Jesus, but only one recognised Him as the Messiah. And let me tell you, there's the challenge of the church in Australia today is there's lots of people that turn up for church on Sunday to tick a box, to, to, to kind of sing some songs and, and go home. And they think they've done church, but not enough people in church grab hold of the prayer shawl of Jesus and make a demand on the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the healing power of the Messiah. That's what we need to be. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So we, we don't want to follow around with Jesus. We certainly don't want to not follow, but, but following around with Jesus is not following Jesus. And we can delude ourselves to think that following around with Jesus is following Jesus, but it's not. The third way that we can follow Jesus, which is again is wrong, is we can follow Him for a while. Clint, can I borrow you for a minute? Thank you, Clint. There was a, a guy in the Bible called Demas and he was a great asset to the early church. But then the Bible says in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 10, this is uh, Paul writing, For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Uh, Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. So, so Demas was a, was a hero of the local church. Paul is saying, hey, Demas was awesome but he loved this world so much that he's now gone somewhere else. He's, he's deserted me. He's, he's abandoned me. He was following Jesus. Follow Jesus. Put your hands in the air. No, hands in the air. You're loving Jesus. Pray. Just pray. <laughs> See, he was following Jesus. Thank you. And now he's not. Because he followed for a while, but then it was all over. And there's another scripture in, in, in Galatians where Paul is writing in the church of Galatia and he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from Him who called you. What an amazing scripture for Paul to write to the church at Galatia. I marvel. I'm amazed. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm marvelling. When was the last time you marvelled? I marvelled last week at the skills of the roosters playing. Tell us. They, they marvelled me. It was amazing. And so I, I, I marvel at their brilliance. And, 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 and here Paul is marvelling at the church at Galatia and how quickly they've, they've, they've moved on. How quickly they were excited about Jesus, how they're loving on Jesus, and now they're not. So we can follow Jesus for a while. And I've got to say, I lament. This is one thing I lament as a pastor. I lament the people that I think about that used to be in church, that now isn't. I lament that. It's great to have Nathan Buttigieg and his wife Rachel here from Sydney. And Nathan, uh, I remember I used to pick Nathan up on my motorbike. He was a school kid and I'd pick him up on my motorbike and he had this big Afro hair thing that you could hardly fit into the helmet. And <laughs> to be really honest, he was a bit of a dodgy kid. If if there was somebody in church that was going to like burn the church down or burn something down, or it was Nathan. I'm not, I'm not underselling that, am I, Nathan? Yeah, good. Yeah, that's just Nathan. And Norm's coming. That's Norm's son. Yeah, Norm knows he was a dodgy kid. Um, now he's not. It's great. I mean, he's, he's, he's a great kid. But I, I think back to Nathan, though, the days as you were growing up and, and you with your mates. And I think back to the guys that, I mean, you're still on the journey. 
Graeme Campbell, his mate, is here, still on the journey. So here we are, you know, back at least a decade, and you're still on the journey. But there's people that have, that have fallen along the wayside, you know, mates that you would know that have fallen along the wayside. And, and I go, that's so tragic. Like, I love the fact that Nathan's still here, still loving Jesus, married, got a great family, loving Jesus, Graham and Tammy, great family, great, just loving on Jesus. Sure, there's been hard times along the way, still loving Jesus. Like, we've got to follow Jesus all the time, not just for a while, not just, time, just while the, the, the sun's shining. We've got to follow Him. I've got to keep going. Okay. The third, the fourth way is that you can follow Him for what you get out of Him. Cheryl, come on up. I need someone with a hat. Uh, for no, no real reason, just that... There's three guys here, I needed someone pretty. Um, so... <laughs> You can follow him for what you get out of it. This is talking about, uh, I'll give you the scripture, that the sons, uh, that Simon the sorcerer in Acts 18 and verse 18. Now when Simon saw the Spirit was bestowed, th- bestowed through the laying on of hands, bestowed, what a good word. You should use bestowed somewhere in your conversation this week. Just as you're driving along, you get pulled over by the cops and he says, have you got a license? Say, I bestow upon you my license. <laughs> anyway, don't speed. So he bestowed through the laying on of hands uh, of the apostles, he offered the money. So Simon the sorcerer comes up to, to Deanne, no, not Simon the sorcerer, the apostles come up to, to, to Deanne and, and just start to lay hands on, stand up. And Deanne, go this way facing, because you're on a wall, you're on a, yeah, and, and Deanne starts to shake under the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And then she gets slain in the Spirit. They did it better in those days. And she's slain in the spirit. And Simon the sorcerer looks at that and goes, man, I want that power. So he goes to the disciples. You can hop up now, young lady. He goes to the disciples and he says, oh, here we go. Anyway. Goes to the disciples. No, it's all right. It's okay. Um, And says, hey, I want that power. How much money do I have to pay to, to you to get that power? And so that there are people that follow Jesus for what they can get out of Him. For what they can, you know, I've heard of stories of where, where, where guys will fake a, a, a religion, a, a relationship with Jesus to marry a woman. And once the ring's on, it's like, oh, no, I don't want to go to church anymore. And... We have to make sure that, that we're not following Jesus for what we can just get out of Him. Okay, number five. Almost follow Him. Jasmine, come on down. Do you mind if I paint your face? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's coming later. But you said yes, right? Um, so ways to follow Jesus is almost to follow Him. King Agrippa, uh, when they arrested Paul, Paul's in the... In the, the the big room where King Agrippa is. And, and Paul's talking about his conversion and he's talking about how he got, how he got saved and what he's been doing over the years. And, and, and Paul is preaching with such incredible uh, passion and, and fire and conviction that King Agrippa makes one of the saddest statements you'll ever read in the Bible. He says to Paul, Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. But who knows, almost saved is completely lost. Like, like you, can be, you can be this close to being saved, 
but you're an eternity away from the, the healing power, the saving power of Jesus. Almost saved is completely lost. And King Agrippa, we don't know where King Agrippa is right now, but if we were, if we were um, I was going to say we're betting people, but we're not betting people because we don't gamble. Uh, but, but if you had to make a, a kind of an assumption, you would assume that King Agrippa went to a lost eternity because he was almost saved, but didn't make the commitment. I wonder how many people in the years that I've given salvation all the calls, have, I'll, I'll, give it, I'll do it next week, but never have the opportunity because almost saved is completely lost. Okay, got a couple more. We can follow him for deceitful purposes, Deanne. All right, let's, actually, no, Deanne, we'll get somebody. Fred, come on down, Fred. I just didn't want to work the whole front line. I thought I'd, I'd get Fred. Fred just looked like he needed to be involved. <laughs> Follow him for deceitful purposes. Okay, here's the story. Uh, Paul, as he's writing to the church at Ephesus, says, For I've not shunned to declare you the whole counsel of God. He's basically saying, hey, I've given, given you through the book of Ephesians the whole counsel of God. Because he said this, For I know that after my departure, savage wolves would come in among you, not sparing the flock. And so there is some people, there's some charlatans that will come into the church and they'll start to say things like, Fred, do you, really, do you really need to come to church every Sunday? You should come back to my place and we'll just have like a little house church and we'll just do our own little kumbaya session there. And, 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 and Jazz, you don't, need, you don't need to be in church. You come back with Fred and I and we're having a really good kumbaya session and, and there's savage wolves that come into the church and they, they want to deceive people. They want to, they want to are your hands hurting? You all right? Just check it. And, and, and the, they, they want to take people off track and they'll come in with all these, these doctrines of devils and, and, and smooth theological lines. And, you know, it's just like the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Has God really said? Has God really said? And, and I tell you what, and, and my observation is I've seen it in the church, not in this church, praise Jesus, because uh, I'd have a little meeting with you out behind Frank. Um, but <laughs> in some churches, the, 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 the charlatans come in and they, they start to, to just, just whisper and they say, hey, yeah, but what about this and what about that? And, and, it, and it takes you off track, the, 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 the deceitful purposes. Okay, we've got two more to go. Sure, that clock's wrong. Oh, that's, that's ahead an hour because of daylight saving. Can you put it back to 9.30? <laughs> Woke up this morning at five o'clock with Melanie going, quick, quick, we've got to wake up at six o'clock. I'm going, no, it's five o'clock. She's going, it's six o'clock. I'm going, your phone says it's six, but I'm telling you it's five. So I went back to sleep. Praise Jesus. So uh, anyway, let's keep going. Follow him half-heartedly. Who do we need? Julie, come on down. Oh, no, no, don't worry about Julie. Mona, come on down. I didn't want to work the whole front line. Come on, Mona. Okay, there's yours. Follow him half-heartedly. Okay, let me read you the scripture. This is King Azariah. In the 27th year of Jehoram, king of Israel, Azariah, the son of Azamaziah, king of Judah, became king. He was 16 years old when he became king and he reigned 52 years. 52 years, sorry, I was just making sure I had the right one. His mother's name was Jehokaliah of Jerusalem and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. That's good. A king that's doing what's right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father Amaziah did, except that the high places were not removed and the people still sacrificed and burnt incense on the high places. In other words, he had a foot in each camp. So he kind of followed him, but he followed him half-heartedly. It's kind of like being really excited in church on a Sunday, but kind of 
backsliding Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Thursday because Wednesday night's life group. So he's back in with the presence of God on Wednesday because he goes to Fabian Mariana's life group. And so there's a lot of great worship in Spanish. Hola. And, but for the rest of the week, he's only following half-heartedly. And the final way, Sam, come on down. I know you've been looking at me the whole, the whole sermon saying, pick me, pick me. I oh, know, I feel it. I feel it. That's why I've given you the right answer. You can follow him wholeheartedly. Now, let me quickly give you some scriptures. Luke 10 verse 27, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and your neighbour as yourself. That's wholeheartedly. Let me read it again. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and your neighbour as yourself. So, let me just help you with some black paint. This is, this, is, this is very exciting. So this is the wrong way. I miss you. This is the wrong way. Just, just put it against your shirt for a minute. Thank you. This is the wrong way. Awesome. Sorry. You said it was okay. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. Okay. Fred doesn't want black paint on him. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Let's put our hands together for our helpers. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Oh, sorry, Fred. Oh, um, just put that one there, yeah. It's good. Thank you. All right, let's land this. <clears throat> Hang on. Should be right, mate. So In, as the museum's come back, I've preached about a third of my message, so I should stop now. The, the heartbeat of God, <clears throat> the heartbeat of God is others. Isn't that, look, here's a beautiful picture of a marriage. <laughs> Dawn just cleaning up the, the mess. <laughs> oh, guys. <laughs> Mark 9, 38 and 30, to 35 and 38 says, Jesus was going through all the cities. And villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of sickness and every kind of uh, disease, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them. 
seeing the people. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like a shepherd without, without, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers in his harvest. Everywhere where Jesus went, it was all about others. In Acts 10.38, it says how Jesus of Nazareth was filled with the Holy Spirit and went around doing good. What, what an incredible, like, like we, we kind of have this picture of Jesus as the Messiah, but he, he, he just went around doing good. You know, the other's offering that we're taking up in a few weeks' time is about this church going around and doing good. Whether that be good is in, in the Solomon Islands or the South Pacific, or whether it's in Beanley, whether it's in Homeview, whether it's in Eagleby, whether it's in Bethania, or whether it's in Kathmandu. We as a church can go around doing good. Why? Because come and follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. It's not just something that Jesus did to his disciples. Well, the, the initial disciples. It was the disciples after him and the disciples after him and after him and after him and after him. And at some point, you get to City Hope disciples. And that's what it's about, church. It's about our heart being stirred. It's our heart being, being open and willing to be others focused. As we finish, let me tell you a quick story. When I went to Nowra, we had a missions department of the church. I closed it down. You know why? Because I wasn't interested in missions. I just wanted to, literally, to, to, and I, I say this with much regret. All I wanted was just to build a big church. That was my whole focus. And so the whole idea that we would give money to places like Kathmandu or give play, money to places like Fiji, I, I mean, it was just outside of my whole scope and world as, as the leader of the church. But somewhere, somehow, my heart became moved. My heart got stirred. So I know, I know it's very easy. It's very easy as, as people and, and a church and, and even as, as a husband, a wife or a family, I know it's very easy to just go, you know what? We're just doing what we're doing. We're just doing our best. We're just, we're just, we're just here. We're just doing. But somewhere in that, God is saying, I'm looking for people who will be open to having their hearts stirred. I praise Jesus that I was smart enough to listen to the unction of the Holy Ghost. I changed as a pastor. I changed as a leader. But even in places like Kathmandu, places that, that even my heart for the, for the South Pacific has radically changed over the last five years. Why? Because somewhere... I allowed my heart to be stirred. Come on, church, let's, over the next month, let's let our heart be stirred for others. Come, and I'll make you become fishers of men. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity right now. Father, to have our heart stirred. God, that we would not follow you almost. We would not follow you half-heartedly. We would not not follow you. But God, we would follow you with our whole heart. Lord God, that we would be open, that we're in. Father, all, all our heart and all our mind and all our strength. God, we're in. We're, we're, we're here. We're, this is all in. God, stir us, Father, we pray, for others.
Stir our hearts, God. And as every head's bowed, every eye's closed, I want to give opportunity right now. Maybe there's somebody in the church that doesn't know Jesus. Don't leave it to next week and say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll become a Christian next week or I'll, I'll become a Christian when I'm a bit older. Become a Christian today. Seize the opportunity. If that's you and you go, Peter, I want, I want you to pray for me. Raise your hand. I'd love to just introduce you to Jesus. We're going to say the sinners pray together. We, we're going to connect with Jesus. Is there anybody here this morning that says, pray for me, Peter. I need Jesus in my life as my Lord and my Saviour. Father, send us the unchurched. Send us the lost, Father. God, we yield this week to you. Father, stir our hearts in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we finish off this morning. Worship team will lead us for a bit and then stay and have some food and fellowship in Cafe Esperanza. Connect with someone. Find someone you haven't met before or you don't really know. Sit with them. Start a conversation. I've still got paint here if you want to paint someone's face. There's plenty of paint to go around. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed that message. Join us next time. Until then, have a blessed week.